Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the world transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all. The one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Monday. How are you, my friend? Super fantastic. Maybe uh, a little much for Monday, but, you know, I, I, like, I like your enthusiasm, though. <laughs> Super fantastic is a stock answer, and uh, it keeps you from having to think of an answer, you know? Because once you start evaluating, right, how are you really doing, right? It's like, hmm. and, you know, the show just went dark right here at the beginning. I'm, we're sorry. Yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> that could lead to all kinds of, you know, directions we don't want to go, so... That's so, right. I, you know, right. if I'm feeling super fantastic, I say super fantastic. If I don't know how I'm feeling, I say super fantastic. And if okay. I'm not feeling that Either great, I say way. super fantastic. So That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll go with it. I'm super fantastic also. All right. That's, that's how we roll around here. Well, we've got, we got a fun show. We've got an important show tonight because we're going to talk about the smartphone and beyond. This is a really interesting story that was over on businessinsider.com. The smartphone is eventually going to die, and thing, then things are going to get really crazy. And, uh, you, you know, as always, I'm a big fan of headlines. Headlines often overpromise and underdeliver what you actually read in the, in the attached story or talk about something that is not even related to what's in the attached story. But this one is pretty close. And I yeah. think even if it doesn't describe what's in that article very well, it describes the reality very well because, indeed, the smartphone is eventually going to die, and, indeed, things will then get really strange, won't they? I mean, we've got, uh, we've got some interesting times that lie ahead. But I thought we would talk about this in, in two pieces because they, they divide it into two pieces, and I, and I think that makes a lot of sense. They talk about the medium term, and then they talk about the really crazy future. So let's talk about... Let's talk about the medium well, term. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I wanted to, before we even get into that, Phil, I wanted to just kind of point out that how how transformative the smartphone itself has been, right? I mean, think of uh, I mean, and I and I classify you know handheld cell phones even before the smartphone arrived in, in the same transformative way. I mean, uh, you know, even movie plots, you know, they had, you know, uh, back before cell phones, there's a whole lot of movie plots dealt with, you know, trying to find various people and things like that. You can't do that anymore in a movie. You gotta, you gotta, there has to be some reason that there's, you know, you, you can't reach, you know, somebody that you need to talk to or, or, or whatever. They have to work it into the script why that person doesn't have a phone, yeah. right? Yeah. Why you can't they, just they call them. They drop their phone and, it, you know, and it's completely fried or whatever. And uh, that's the only, you know, that's the He's only a reason. crazy old eccentric. He never got a cell phone. Something, right? They have to. Something. They yeah. have. They have to explain <laughs> it. Yeah. Because our world is, I mean, we expect to be able to reach each other at any time, all the time, right? And that's just that's just the way we live now. And that's the smartphone world. And uh, I mean, that's just an entirely that's a different planet than what it was, you know, just a few years ago. And uh, my ki- my kids don't quite grasp the the uh the level of change it, it, that the smartphone brought but uh, uh yeah and, know, and i think we, you make a really good point them. first the cell phone 
and then and then the smartphone. Of course, the smartphone has been around since technically since 1996. The first item that was called a smartphone was released, and we had we had Blackberries and, and other smart devices leading up to the the real thing that happened almost exactly 10 years ago, which was the release right. of the. The, the, the release of the iPhone and the, and the start of the the modern smartphone era. I would say that it wasn't even the release of the first uh, um, iPhone, Phil, but the, actually the launch of the of the uh, App Store, Apple App Store, that was the real beginning of smartphones. But that's that's you know we can we can have that argument another day. But it's uh, I, I date it from that point, which is probably about a year after the iPhone one was released. Well, I I got to say that the uh, the device itself, even before the app, was this huge mm-hmm. step forward because you, you know, oh, yeah. because it was this touchscreen web browser, and it and it incorporated the most popular electronic device in the world, the iPod. The iPod. And yep, the iPod. And, and suddenly it was a thing, you know, you could look at videos on it, and I mean, it was just this, uh, you know, really different paradigm. But you're right in terms of in terms of becoming the device that has connected us to the digital world and really connected the digital world to the physical world in a way that it never was before that took the apps the the you know that that took the the smartphone becoming this you know this interactive device with with people building little bits of technology that you could you, you could throw on there and solve different real world problems with that's where you get into things like um i mean just kind of transforming the world, if you will, to use the name of the show here for a moment, around us by, by overlaying digital reality on top, of, on top of physical reality. This is how you get you know, you know, the world's largest taxi company and you don't own any cars, right? And you haven't hired any drivers. Right. It's, it's right. how you get the world's largest hotel chain and you don't own a single property, right? It's, it's, it's that level of transformation that the, that the smartphone has allowed, and it only did allow that once, once the apps came along. So I think, I think you make a great yeah. point. Uh, the, uh, the Cajun Navy, uh, the, the guys that just, you know, if you own a bass boat and you want to go help, you know, uh, hurricane victims, they've got an app now. You know, if you want yeah. to participate, and, uh, you know, we, we have a word that uh, help is needed in Beaumont. You know, and at this particular place, bring blankets and uh, lots of water and, uh, and come help. That's, you know, that kind of app, uh, you know, that allows us to, you know, help one another, uh, you, know, uh, you know, shop in different ways that we never were able to do before. Things just, you know, it's just like you say, uh, if there's a problem uh, and, it, <laughs> and it could possibly be uh, solved by, you know, help from others or whatever, there's probably an app. Uh, or it could be an app designed to, to to deal with that. So it's yeah, it's it's a transformative. Yeah, just, just inserting inserting this this like layer of organization or connectedness onto the onto the real world. I mean that that's the real difference I think that that so, apps have made because you know all those so guys have boats. How in the world do we replace this? I mean, uh, you know, uh, in order for in order for the uh, the smartphone to die, there has to be something better, right? Exactly. So how do how do we how do we replace it? Well, it, according to the article, we're, we're going to see this happen in two terms. Uh, you know, first uh, two time periods, two windows, where, where this will roll out. The first is the medium term, and then the second is wh- what they're calling the really crazy future. And in the medium term, they're talking about something we were talking about just the other night, which is um, I, I think kind of the influx of AR technology. 
augmented reality technology um, that, that we're going to we're going to see you know devices that are a little bit more intimately connected to us than a handheld rectangle right that that are that, that are going to uh, be blending a little bit more seamlessly into our subjective experience than the mobile phone currently does and i don't think they get too much more specific than that in in describing what they think is going to happen although i might i, I might need to reread the the entire story they don't say and here it is here's the winning solution right that was kind of where we were the other day when we were talking about these technologies i said in 10 years ar is going to be huge but i'm not quite sure how we're going to get there Right. Well, we have, um, you know, we have had uh, efforts uh, to pre- present, um, you know, to have AR type devices. Google Glass was was, you know, go- going to be this big thing, and Google has basically backed away from it. Um, yeah. As far as I know, they they're they're not pushing it anymore at all. Um, it, it was it was basically the Apple Newton of you know to the uh, to what eventually became the Apple iPad right I mean it's it's a device that arrived too soon uh, to be useful really and uh, um, you know and I I think ultimately we will have uh, you know some sort of eyeglass frame looking device that uh, allows us to uh, get information about the world around us just you know augmented on top of uh, normal reality so that you know you, you're still you're still within you're fully within this reality you know you're not in a virtual world but uh you're you're able to you know you're able to get additional information so you operate more efficiently within this world that's right. uh, you know that's that's pretty neat that's a pretty neat idea but i you know they in the article he, he talks about it being at least 10 years away i, I think so I, I you know i not that it's you know, to some extent, I, it's not that necessarily even the uh, the technology that needs to catch up, although that, it does to some extent. I think societal society needs to, you know, there's there's going to be some changes in the way we think about things before we accept these devices. Um, I think a lot of people Google Glass, for example. You know, you got this big camera on your face, right? And um, people didn't like that. You know, you don't want to be recorded all the time, right? Well, um, exactly. You know, of I course, mean, what, what do you, the what camera do you, will you, be there no matter what gets implemented. It's just a question of whether you see right. it or not, right? I mean, that's right. So, if, I mean, if people are going to end up wearing something that does the same thing, there will be a camera there. That's right. And so people don't like I, it in I, their face that they're being recorded. All the time, right? That's the, <laughs> yeah. If you're going to record me, be, be uh, you know, be discreet. Be, yeah. Do it on the down low, right? Uh, yeah. Don't look like I you're think that's what people. will eventually allow it to to go forward. Is that you know, uh, anybody with eyeglass frames uh, could potentially be recording you, and you just know that, and uh, you you uh, you live your life accordingly, and yeah, that's just the deal, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it it has to look no heavier than roughly a pair of eyeglasses for that to really work. And, and we'll just have this really interesting world where everybody's wearing glasses, right? Suddenly, the, the, you know, the, the, the world we were promised from, from contact lenses goes away and, like, everybody's got glasses <laughs> Everybody has on frames. All yeah. We're all, we're all wearing <laughs> glasses all the time. But a few years, too, right? I mean, eventually uh, you have uh, contact lenses. These, these devices can be shrunk to contact lenses eventually. But, uh, they can, but... Not everybody wears contacts. You see how many people out in the world are wearing glasses versus how many are wearing contacts, right? I, I don't wear contacts. Um, yeah. And I don't do it for vision. I don't know that I would do it for a computer interface. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, 
I, I, so, so I think that, that, yeah, there would be a lot of people who would do it that way once that, once that became an option, but not everybody would. And I think the other way to look at this is that the device, uh, there's a couple other ways I think that the smartphone has sort of been planting the seeds of its own replacement or its own, its own demise. A, another interesting player in the space is the Apple Watch, right, which is not right. the same as, it, it's, it's nothing like a, an augmented reality interface, but it's a di- very different device from a phone, right, because it's this, it's this wearable device, and it doesn't replace your phone all the time, but it does an awful lot of what your phone does. And people who wear them and have gotten hooked on them really, really like it for that fact, you know. So, so it's like this kind of alternative to the phone that attaches a little bit differently. So that's kind of an interesting direction. And there might be more movements in other alternative directions that kind of play off those same kind of design principles. The other thing that I think you have to keep in mind is, you know, we talked about the introduction of the App Store, probably the, the, the other big introduction related to the iPhone that has occurred in the, in the history of the iPhone is Siri. When, when yeah. Siri was introduced, that was also kind of setting a course for a whole new way of interacting with the device. Because with Siri, you can, and I often do, interact with her, right? Interact with it without using the rectangle, right? I mean, it's there, but I'm talking to it, you know? Yeah. Um, I can't say it right now because my phone's right in front of me, but hey, you know who, uh, set my alarm for 620. Hey, you know who, what's the temperature, right? Is it going to rain? I, a lot of those conversational kinds of questions, and I don't even have physical contact with the device, which is you know, leading us in the direction of the conversational user interface. And one of the things that is discussed here in this article is that. Now, the conversational user interface is also problematic, out in public because you're out talking out loud to yourself, right? So even <laughs> if it's even if it's this very discreet little device that's not a pair of glasses and that's not a watch, but it's just some fob you got on you someplace, it, you, it, that's all very well. But you're a lunatic walking around talking to yourself, right? That's the uh, that's the potential there. <laughs> I, so, I, I walked into my office and I was saying, "Call my wife uh, to my phone." And of course, my assistant hears me. <laughs> dials Sherilyn. <laughs> so as I'm talking to Sherilyn, uh, you know, I'm getting another call. It's your secretary. She says that you need to talk. <laughs> I go, okay. Well, I do, yes. I, 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 you better take that call. Very, yeah. very efficient, guys, uh, but uh, <laughs> I was actually talking to my phone at the moment. So, <laughs> so. so, so in some ways, we, we may find the the one thing that may slow down the replacement of the smartphone is just that we've hit kind of a developmental optima with the with the handy little rectangle that we carry around. It it might be the best way of doing a lot of these things, um, because putting on a pair of glasses is problematic in some ways, although it provides you benefits that you otherwise couldn't get, and because having this ongoing long term conversation with a device is also problematic in its way. So those are the challenges. Those are kind of the the big design challenges that have to be overcome, although I think they will be. I don't think we'll yeah. be walking around staring at little rectangles in 10 years. I think it'll be something else. Um, it, it is possible that, they, so. that the smartphone hangs around longer than we think because those problems prove a little more challenging than, than we think they are. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, again, that it'll be uh, things like, um, you know, 
do we uh, want you know want to put on those uh, frames like that? And again, you know, so many of us already have frames on our you know are wearing frames that maybe it's not that big of a deal. And uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I think it'll take every bit of ten years. Um, um, we you know Siri's got to get better, and the you know the other conversational interfaces have to get better. And they are. And, They're getting better all the time. I mean, that's a, you right, know, the, all the, the time. interesting thing that's happening with, with machine learning, with, with deep learning, and just the development of these kinds of devices is improving drastically as we go. So, you know, I, I think that will be a huge, a huge part of it, how useful it will be that there, there's these social barriers that have to be overcome, but there's the, it's just, it's so useful. You, you know, I, I, ultimately, the, the usefulness, I believe, the utility of it conquers the dorkiness in the end. I think that we'll, right. uh, we'll, we'll go for the dorkiness. Because obviously, I wear glasses now. If you could add that functionality to the glasses I wear, I would have no problem with that at all, right? No, not at all. If, if you could yeah. make my glasses look maybe 40% dorkier, I still might go for it. Right, the ones I the, the ones that I currently wear. You know, there's yeah. there's a cutoff somewhere, right? Well, there there is, but there's you know there's a power in these devices. You know, I mean, it turns us into something more, right? Than, and uh, and we we will accept a certain level of dorkiness to get it. And, right. Uh, and and so yeah, uh, I, I think it'll happen. I think it'll take about ten years. I, I I'm right with the author on that. So then we come to the really crazy far future now tell us about that what's going to happen next well you know um at some point uh you know uh, we we get rid of the frames right or, or even the contact lenses and uh we're jacked right into this stuff and uh um that's i mean that's the far future now we're how, how far into the future do we have to go well you know uh, maybe we go 20 years into the future something like that where we have to have a pretty good understanding about how our brains work before a good machine brain interface is accepted. We also have to have a, uh, you know, a, a pretty darn good um, a method for uh, keeping people from hacking us, right? I mean, yes. the Internet of Things, when, it includes, when one of those things includes your brain, uh, we, better be, we better be confident, right, that it's... Uh, that you know, there's uh, before we accept things like that. So it might be that uh, uh, a lot of people, uh, as the as the frames get introduced, they uh, and, and Google, you know the Google Glass version 14 is introduced. They're still hanging on to the rectangles. And then when people start moving to brain interfaces, a lot of people might just stick with the frames. There there might be just a level of comfort that some people are are willing to do, and don't go beyond. But you know, it's up to the kids, right, to pick, to pick up and run with something new, I guess, sometimes. Well, definitely. I, I, I can imagine, at least in the initial generations, what we'll be talking about with a brain interface is something that feeds directly into your optical input and your aural input, right? So you, it's making you see things and it's making you hear things. So this, this right. should be, I mean, it's a, some kind of interface. It's, there's going to have to be some hardware of some kind subdermal, I suppose, right, attached into your skull or something like that. I mean, it, it, it sounds pretty invasive to, to, to right. consider how exactly something like that would, would initially be implemented. But once it's running, there, there should also be just like a kill switch, right? You want your brain always to be 
just your brain, right? If I want to stop things coming into it, I can just stop them, right? That 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 right. that, that would be something you can that, that you can immediately turn off if you decide, you know, that because I'm thinking that the computer part might still be sitting out there somewhere. It still might be a fob or something you're carrying around because you want to keep updating that all the time. There's going to be a new version of that every every year, like there is with the iPhone, and you don't have brain surgery every year, right? So so what you want is you want a good interface into your brain, and then you want you want a, a, a separate machine that's actually that's actually doing all this stuff. It might be very small at that point, but I think it'll right. still be it'll still be a, a a separate unit. But if you've got that going on, that's one problem solved. It's feeding stuff into you. The big problem is talking to it, right? You can speak out loud like you do to Siri, and then you've still got the same conversational user interface as a social distraction problem that we've been talking about. But ultimately, you ought to be able to think at it, and that's right. that. That's where it gets really strange. I mean, when you, when you start thinking about you're having conversations in your head with your computer, telling it what to do, that is well, truly the no. weird far future. I mean, is it not? There, it is. It is. And, you know, one, one thing we may do when we're still, uh, you know, using the frames uh, to communicate to the computer, there's, there's a way of communicating called subaudible. Um, mm-hmm. where you could, you could actually put like a sensor on someone's neck or something and you just form the words in your throat, right? I mean, with, you know, as if you're about to say them and, uh, and you can maybe, it's, it's almost like a whisper, but something right. less than a whisper where no one around you can hear, but you're just like, you're forming the words as if you're about to speak them and the computer could basically read your mind at that point because it, it, you know you're um it's getting it's getting the words th- uh, that you're thinking at that point um and no one, but no one else around you can get it and so that might that might be an interface that we use um you know even even before we get into the neural interfaces and that um and i, I you know that that may be an interface that many of us just say you know what this is as much this is as far as i want to go but i think a few of us will will uh We'll, we'll uh, uh, do the neural interfaces, but you know it may it may very well be that the first people that do it have some sort of neural interface for uh, medical reasons, and they just get that as an added benefit. And uh, right, we'll right, see. we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think I think we'll see a, a series of problems being solved around these interfaces and the and the discomfort people have around them. I mean, one one of the problems with the augmented reality type interfaces will be that you know as long as you've got a fully separate device that you're carrying around you can always put it in your pocket there's always the i can put it down now people don't you see them walking around carrying them and stuff like that and you and we've talked about you know everyone sitting at the table looking at their phone they don't put them down as they much but they still can right if it's frames you've got in your head it might be even less obvious to take it off right and if it's contacts it is less obvious um, you know, you might shut it down, but it's there. You know what I mean? It's it's right. it's always going to be there. Obviously, if it's stuff coming straight into your brain, that's going to be just a whole nother level of how do I ever shut this off? When does this ever go away? Am I losing touch with the real world? Kind of kind of problem. And I think those are going to be the big societal problems that we're going to face as we go through successive generations of this technology. I think that I think the su- that that kind of sub vocalized speech that you mentioned will probably be a really good solution for the conversational user interface, right. whether, whether that's when it's feeding directly into your brain or even before that, maybe they'll figure out a way to capture that data prior to that. And we'll, and, and we'll have this, 
you know, this nice kind of, I don't know, maybe you have an earpiece and you got a <laughs> kind of a, a Bluetooth headset that, uh, that you're having a, a very subtle, quiet conversation with all the time. That's, that's entirely possible. But again, then you've got this, you know, it's, it's, not, the, it's not the question of whether the, you look weird or whether your behavior is strange, but it's just a question of where your attention is. And there's going to be this right. huge turning inward of attention, which we've already seen just with the smartphone as it exists. And I think that's, that's probably going to be the biggest challenge around the, uh, around the successors to the smartphone, because that's one of the biggest challenges, that, I guess, that the smartphone has raised, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, uh, it occurs to me that as you move in this direction, um, one of the things that a big application that I think people will have is that they'll tend to want to, when they want to turn off, they, they'll still want to have a digital representation of themselves, uh, a right. simulation. Um, it's been, you know, it's been referred to uh, in science fiction movies and things like that as an avatar, things like that. It's, it, you know, that can, if somebody's got a question or something like that, it can, it can respond with a high degree of accuracy as to how you would, in the same way you would respond. And then you get, you know, so that point at which you're, tur- you know, <laughs> you turn off and get away from it. Uh, when you get back on, you get briefed by your avatar. Okay, here's, right. here's what's right. happened in, in, in your absence, and here's, here's the things that I've done. Uh, do you agree that that was a good thing to do? Um, you know, and... Uh, if it's it's true. Eventually, you get then. this. You get this digital persona, this yeah. this digital homunculus, right? This little representation of you, basically, right? That's right. <laughs> and, and, and and that's pretty weird. That's I mean, you're, we're talking weird at that point, right? It's a very different future. Well, it is. I, that'll happen so eventually. That that leads us right in the direction of at what point does this become a digital copy of me? And we're far from right. that. Right. We're, what, what you're describing is far from that. What you're describing is a piece of software that is very well suited to interacting with you uh, and, yeah. that, and that can represent well, you, you out. You can think the, of it as like an application of Siri. Siri. You know, once Siri version 20, right, it, it gets to know you so well that she can build a digital representation of, of how you would react to certain things. You know? Right. And... Um, and, 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 you know, and to the extent that you give that digital representation authority to act on your behalf, um, you know, that, that, like you say, it's, it's, you know, at that point, uh, you're sort of, you're sort of teaming up with your, uh, with, uh, with your digital self in a way. Uh, it's, it's, it's an, it's an interesting, uh, interesting, interesting situation, but it's a little bit different from what we're going to talk about on Wednesday, right? I mean, well, that's right. It kind of leads it, it. It kind of leads us to that, though, because ultimately, yeah, you've got this agent who is, to all intents and purposes, a, a representative of you, a, a reflection of you to other people. Maybe even making calls on your behalf or sending emails on your behalf. But it's not you. It's well, not. It's not a copy of you. It's not a human intelligence inside the machine. But ultimately, as we get more and more intimately integrated with the machine that is the direction that we that we might go we've talked about uploading and one of the most interesting takes on that over the last few years has been robin hansen in his book the age of m he talks about digital uploads and what they're going to what they're going to be used for and how these beings are going to you know kind of take on a life of their own and and sort of create their own economy at that point they're autonomous beings right they're not uh, right because if you create a copy of yourself, you can't make him your slave, right? <laughs> Who's out to, 
to do well, your bidding it, unless he wants to be. Um, that's right. And you have a what you have there is a digital person, and and, the, and you get that person through a destructive scam. Generally, I mean, uh, there's uh, um, those who theorize about these things think that there's no possibility of getting the sort of uh, scan that you need and the sort of detail you need it to be to make it truly you, right? Um, the only way you get that is with a destructive scan of the brain. So I, perhaps at the moment of death, right, uh, you authorize your, your brain to be scanned and you become an M, what, what yeah. uh, Robin uh, Hanson calls, calls an M or an emulant. It's short and, and, yeah, that's right, an emulated person. And at that point, that's yeah. interesting because that's the final breakdown, right? The smartphone has disappeared. And the user have disappeared, and you've got this <laughs> right. You've got this digital agent that that includes both. Well, that is the distant hey, hey, future. Hey, we promised it, weird. We were, we promised weird. I hope we've delivered. I we like to deliver on weird, absolutely. And <laughs> you know, if that image is the distant future, don't worry. We're not going to talk about it in the distant future. We're going to talk about this on Wednesday. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into this idea of digital copies of ourselves and artificial intelligence and and where these ideas are are going to take us next should be a lot of fun. Stephen, it's been great talking with you. It's been great having you all with us. We will be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. And until next time, live to see it. 